Good afternoon to the chairs, members, and guests. It's my pleasure to present a selection of take-home messages regarding pediatric urology. Content related to pediatric urology has been presented over the past three days and has included 174 abstracts, eight expert panels and debates, four lectures, three courses, and a presentation by the winner of the 2019 SPU Research Grant. My only disclaimer is that take-home messages are certainly not the last word. More information about the abstracts and videos I'll review can be found at these links. Let's get started. In the first category, urinary tract infections, lower urinary tract dysfunction, and reflux, we saw some of the most definitive evidence to date that renal scarring, uh, more precisely known as photopenia on DMSA renal scan, is associated with chronic kidney disease. In a randomized trial of children with prenatally diagnosed high-grade hydronephrosis without reflux, continuous antibiotic prophylaxis during the first six months of life reduced the risk of febrile urinary tract infections from 11% in the group that received placebo to 1%. However, no urinary tract infections occurred in circumcised boys and only one occurred in a girl, suggesting that the benefit of prophylaxis is probably greatest in uncircumcised boys. In another study that dovetails nicely with that observation, Chamberlain and colleagues found that uncircumcised boys with reflux and retractable foreskin have a very low risk of urinary tract infection similar to that of circumcised boys. Finally, one of the largest studies ever done on the use of a bowel cleanout and maintenance program found that it reduced symptom scores in 68% of 692 patients with uh, presentation of lower urinary tract symptoms and or recurrent urinary tract infections. Symptoms resolved completely in 42% of patients without any bladder-specific therapy. In adolescent varicocele, we learned that unilateral testicular hypotrophy, which is defined as size discrepancy more than 20%, is not predictive of any semen analysis parameters, including total modal count. This calls into further question the diagnostic utility of unilateral hypotrophy. Dr. Stuart Bauer used the John Duckett Memorial Lecture to remind us of the data that support use of urodynamic studies to facilitate proactive management of pediatric patients at risk of lower urinary tract dysfunction. Contrast-enhanced ultrasound continues to show promise for a variety of applications in pediatric urology. Ultrasound contrast is a fluid containing shelled microspheres of air. The 2019 SPU Research Grant was awarded to Dr. Brian Sack, who will be studying the application of contrast-enhanced ultrasound to urodynamic studies using the pressure-dependent elasticity of the microspheres to measure bladder pressures with the ultimate goal of achieving catheter-free assessment of the voiding phase. Finally, inappropriate use of CT scans instead of other imaging modalities that minimize radiation exposure continues to plague pediatric stone care. Children receive a CT scan during 74% of all ER encounters for evaluation of possible kidney stones compared to ultrasound in just 9%. With respect to hydronephrosis grading, a survey of current practice patterns revealed that most pediatric urologists continue to favor use of the SFU grading system for characterization of postnatal hydronephrosis, while a minority use the relatively new UTD classification system. Inter-rater reliability was similar for both systems. A small series of 30 patients with posterior urethral valves was used to compare diagnostic performance of the SFU grading system and the UTD classification system. 10% of patients with valves 
have only mild hydronephrosis according to the SFU grading system. Because the UTD classification system incorporates other variables such as hydroureter, 100% of valve patients fell into the highest UTD category, P3. UTD classification has been found to be more sensitive in detecting high-grade reflux and predicting the need for reflux-related surgical intervention better than SFU grading. A novel double-J stent was successfully retrieved in 39 out of 40 cases using a nine-French catheter with a magnetic tip without need for cystoscopy. This has potential relevance to a wide range of procedures in pediatric urology. In the largest series to date regarding management of calocele diverticula in children, 60% required surgical intervention due to symptoms or increasing lesion size. Laparoscopic marsupialization had a 100% success rate compared to just 30% success for ureteroscopy. In hypospadias, our debate regarding hypospadias technique featured Drs. Warren Snodgrass and Mark Zantz, who both agreed that persistence of more than 30 degrees of ventral curvature after penile degloving is an indication for staged repair. In spina bifida and complex reconstruction, a review of practice patterns using the National Spina Bifida Patient Registry revealed there is substantial noncompliance with clinical guidelines on monitoring of kidney function in spina bifida patients. Between 13 and 23 years of age, patients with spina bifida have increasing rates of ER visits, but decreasing rates of hospital admission. Mata and colleagues hypothesized that more effective transitional care may reduce non-urgent ER visits. We learned from Zan and colleagues that split appendix metrophenovs are roughly twice as likely to require surgical revision than intact appendix or Monty channels. Two-thirds of these revisions were at the skin level. Finally, during the debate regarding management of bladder extrophy, Drs. John Gearhart and Pramod Reddy uh, both agreed that elective closure is favored, either using the modern staged repair or complete primary repair. When a child awaits elective repair, they recommended applying a tegaderm to the bladder plate and a tie to the umbilical stump rather than the traditional plastic clip in order to prevent irritation of the bladder mucosa. In kidney stones, we found that calcium oxalate stone formers have less bacteria that produce butyrate and degrade oxalate. This loss of bacterial diversity may act synergistically to increase intestinal absorption and urinary excretion of oxalate. According to the study's authors, potential clinical implications of this remain to be elucidated, but stay tuned for further developments in this promising area of research. In a series of 205 pediatric patients who were followed for renal cysts, almost a quarter underwent surgical intervention on account of symptoms or cyst characteristics. Pathology was benign in all cases, including eight Bosniak 3 lesions and one Bosniak 4. Of note, these data are not concordant with the adult literature, in which the likelihood of malignancy is 33% for Bosniak 3s and more than 90% for Bosniak 4s. In pediatric, adolescent, and young adult patients with renal cell carcinoma, the outcomes of surgical resection alone were found to be very favorable, independent of lymph node status. Among patients with localized, resectable genitourinary rhabdomyosarcoma, nearly half of patients who initially underwent partial resection or chemoradiation alone later converted to a continent reservoir. 
there was also a moderate risk of incontinence in patients who retained their native bladder. I have two entries filed in the miscellaneous category. Many, perhaps most patients undergoing pediatric urologic surgery do not require and should not receive prescriptions for postoperative opioids. When diagnosis of a tense, dumbbell-shaped abdominal scrotal hydrocele is confirmed via exam, ultrasound, and or diagnostic laparoscopy, a scrotal approach to drainage and eversion is optimal, as there is no peritoneal communication. Finally, I would like to highlight several elegant videos that were presented during yesterday's video session. Blaise and colleagues presented an eye-opening video in which a patient who was ultimately diagnosed with Ovira syndrome had an obstructed hemivagina that was mistaken preoperatively for a non-functioning hydronephrotic pelvic kidney. Following PSARP, urethral strictures can be reliably repaired via perineal approach even during the first year of life. Robotic iliovaginoplasty is feasible. And lastly, a newly available articulating needle driver allows robotic-like suturing for laparoscopic pyeloplasty. Thank you very much for the opportunity to present in your attention.